From the Florida Bar Studios in Tallahassee, this is Florida Bar News Briefs. I'm your host, Mark Killian. The legislature is renewing a bipartisan effort to eliminate a Florida law that restricts eligibility for recovering damages and medical negligence claims. Jim Ash has more. In the House, Representative Mike Beltran, a Tampa area Republican, is co-sponsoring HB 129 with Democratic Representative Johanna Lopez of Orlando. Senate Democratic Leader Lauren Book of Davey is sponsoring the companion SB 442. The bills are dubbed the Keith Davis Family Protection Act. Florida is unique in that it limits the awarding of punitive damages to a surviving spouse or minor children when a person 25 or older dies from medical negligence. Beltran, a Harvard Law graduate, criticized the statute for excluding a class of persons from protections the rest of society enjoys. He noted that the law has, quote, no analog in the other 49 states. Lopez said, quote, Floridians deserve to have the same rights as others across the nation. Navy veteran Keith Davis was 62 and single when he died three years ago in a Tampa hospital from a misdiagnosed blood clot. His 33-year-old daughter, Sabrina, formed a coalition that has fought for the past three years to eliminate the restrictions. Sabrina Davis and other advocates call it Florida's free kill law. Beltran says the legislature curbed abuse of the malpractice laws decades ago, and the law, quote, makes scant sense, is antiquated, solves no problem, and creates unfairness. The ABA will release its fifth annual profile of the legal profession later this week with a new chapter on the state of civil legal aid in the United States. Roanne Batar, tell us about it. The 2023 ABA Profile of the Legal Profession is a free 140-page compilation of statistics and trends about lawyers, judges, and law students gathered from within the ABA, the federal government, and nonprofit organizations. The report includes sections on demographics, wages, law schools, judges, pro bono work, women in the profession, legal technology, lawyer well-being, lawyer discipline, and legal aid. ABA President Mary Smith says this year's report will emphasize the essential yet often hidden contributions of legal aid lawyers in addressing the needs of the underserved. There are more than 10,000 paid civil legal aid lawyers across the country, but there are significant differences among states and even within states. A sneak peek at the report also finds there are 1.3 million lawyers in the United States. One-fourth are in two states, New York and California. South Carolina, Arizona, and Idaho have the fewest lawyers per capita, 2.1 lawyers for every 1,000 residents, or roughly half the national average. Lawyers are, on average, older than the general working population. For the 12th year in a row, the number of men attending law school declined, and for the sixth year in a row, the number of women attending law school rose, and one out of 12 lawyers say they have a virtual law practice. The clash over a newly amended rule governing attorney trust accounts with tens of millions of dollars at stake each year for free civil legal aid has led to a fissure between Florida bankers and their longtime former teacher, Jody Hudgens. Alexandra Glorioso has more. Right, Mark. Back in March, the court modified and approved changes to the rule governing attorney trust accounts in order to bring in more money for civil legal aid. But the Florida Bankers Association asked for a rehearing on the changes arguing that they weren't financially feasible. 
The court has already said it won't hear oral arguments on the amended rule, but it did open it back up for comments until November 1st and is still determining what to do next. There's a fascinating dispute in those comments between the rule's architect, a banker himself, and the Bankers Association. The rule's architect, Jody Hudgens, has been the president and CEO of three Florida banks and actually taught at the Bankers Association for 30 years. But he didn't go back to teach there this year after pushing for the rule changes that the banks say they'll go broke adhering to, saying it was, quote, awkward. Hudgens pushed for the rule change starting in 2020 as a then-member of the Florida Bar Board of Governors after he saw how little money the attorney trust accounts were generating. His update now requires attorneys to keep their clients' money in higher-yield accounts. But the Bankers Association argues that because these accounts are effectively checking accounts, they don't earn that much interest for the bank. And so giving their clients, the attorneys, a higher return doesn't make sense. Hudgens said in an interview with the Bar News that their argument isn't true and says that whether banks are paying you interest or not, they're earning interest on your money. Now, it's up to the court to decide who's right, Florida bankers or their longtime former teacher. But one thing is clear, the accounts are already generating tens of millions of extra dollars in civil legal aid. As the Jacksonville University College of Law completes the fall semester of its second academic year, it announced plans to move into a permanent space this coming summer in the heart of Jacksonville in the historic former Atlantic Bank building. Roanne? The law school formally signed a long-term lease of more than 50,000 square feet on four contiguous floors of the building. The space will accommodate the growth of the school and provide the opportunity to expand as it continues to welcome additional classes and hire more faculty and staff. The move to a larger permanent space has been planned since before the law school's inception in 2022. It will continue to hold classes on its current campus in the Vice Star Tower until the new space is completed. Dean Nick Allard says it was a priority for the new law school to maintain a presence and contribute to the city's growing urban core, and the location is ideal for students who regularly make good use of the nearby federal and county courthouses. The city of Jacksonville is also continuing its support for the law school with a planned investment of $6.5 million in 2024 for the $12.5 $5 million project. The 10-story former home of Atlantic National Bank was the tallest building in Florida when it was constructed in 1909. Mindy McNichols is now leading the Florida Board of Bar Examiners. Alex? Yeah, Mark. The board has selected McNichols of Miami as its new chair and Timothy Danninger of Jacksonville as its vice chair, effective November 1st. During her tenure, McNichols will oversee the board's decision regarding the current multi-state bar exam. This exam will be phased out of Florida and across the country by 2028. While McNichols was vice chair, they elected to maintain the multi-state exam for 2026, but still need to decide whether to replace it with the next-gen exam by 2027. McNichols says the board anticipates receiving much more information in the coming year about the next-gen bar exam and will continue to evaluate it in order to make the best recommendation for the future of the Florida bar examination. Beyond the test, the board is focusing on other changes that will hopefully make applicants' lives easier. For instance, applicants may now register for the February bar exam online. Danninger will serve as chair after McNichols in 2024. For more on these and other stories of interest to the profession, visit floridabar.org news. Florida Bar News Briefs. It's a production of the Journal and News Department. For Jim Ash, Rowan Pitar, Alexandra Glorioso, 
And our producer, Jonathan Siegel, behind the glass, I'm Mark Killian. Thank you.